Hello and welcome back to Die Die Diet Black. I don't want to diet. I just want to diet. I have to make that clear because every time I think of diet black, I'm like, we're not some sort of weight loss thing, so don't even like joke about that because we're little fat people and we like it that way. I anyway. really like to eat. It's pretty evident if you see us, which there's a picture of us on our Instagram. So uh, we're short little fat people. <laughs> but this is our podcast and it's episode two. We're what? doing this thing. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. No, I hate those things. I know, I know, I know. Uh, okay, so this is Diet Black, the podcast, and that's Liam. I am Liam. And I'm Tam. And welcome back. So our first episode was on Halloween. Well, we were letting kids raid the candy outside. But uh, now we're a week from Halloween, and I'm slowly taking down the decorations. Um, it's still fucking cold, but thankfully there's not much snow at all. Yeah, it's like, you know, my brain knows that in a couple of months when it's February and it's negative 20, I'm going to be like, oh, 32, man, I miss those days. I know. But today when my bones are like, you can't get warm no matter how much tea you drink, I'm a little bitter about it, but I'll yeah. be fine. I'm just old. Well, that's why we make hot plate or hot what hot it? dish. That's why we make hot dish here in the Midwest, <laughs> because it sticks to your insides and warms you up from the inside out. You know, it's I... just an excuse to eat tater tots. Yeah, I don't know. Today when I was at work, like I didn't have my headset on, and I could actually hear like all the people around me, and it was just like Midwest. It was so mid. Oh my god, you gotta see the cutest thing I did. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Welcome to it, babe. Oh, it's a time warp for me. Uh, so, let's talk about the podcast for a second. We are aging goth punks. We are going to talk about some pretty heavy topics tonight. Yeah. Um, so just as a warning, um, it's going to get a little dark and it's going to get real. So, um, be prepared. Um, if you haven't figured it out, we are not exactly appropriate with our language most of the time. No. Um, shout out to my dad for going, Hey, the podcast is great, but do you have to swear so much? Yes, um, we do. Fuck yes, <laughs> we do. Um, love you pops. Anyway, um, but you know. We do have to say that, you know, if there is something upsetting about this, we do not mean to offend and we don't ever want to make fun of victims. We will try and make lighter situations because it's easier to handle things that way. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to get creepy, you're going to get macabre and something might get to be a bit of a trigger for some people so we apologize for that in advance yes our podcast is full of suggestive language and themes that mm -hmm. may be considered offensive or triggering to some people so be aware um i'm not quite sure what tonight's episode really entails because this is all tam so instead of doing two stories on one we're actually going to go into some true crime for this episode and the next one and we're taking turns, so this one's gonna be uh, Tams. That yeah, been this researching. is this is like the meaty hot dish of stories. It is big. It is filling. It is current, 
and it is something that I've been trying to dig into for a while. So um, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about it first, and then we'll try and link at the end so that y'all know that um, we're not going to leave you on that note. Yeah, so sorry about the notification sound. Um, I probably can't adjust it. So, hey, at least, like, you know, I was a little worried about how the recordings are coming out, but I'm like, it's more natural to, like, if you were just sitting with us hanging out while we talk. Yeah, we talk. <laughs> Yeah, um, I might be a bit of a Doctor Who nerd, so sorry about that. I think they all know we're nerds. I am sitting here in flannel pajamas with sock monkeys on them, you know, because that's what nerds do in winter. Um, all right, I turned the notifications down. Sorry um, to our listeners. Um, but yeah, as as a friend of ours said when she listened to the podcast, yeah, it's basically just like sitting on the couch and listening to you two talk. And that's how we want it to be. We want you all to feel like our friends who are here listening to us. So, welcome to the Squad Goals. Yay! <laughs> we made it! This way we can have friends and not leave the house. Oh, God, that's the best thing ever. Right? Okay. So, so let's dive in. You ready? Uh, yeah, I mean, as, as much as I'm going to be, this is... This is You're a... going to hear lots of shuffling of papers, I mean, with hers and with mine. Like, I've got so much shit on mine. Yeah, I've got a lot of pages of stuff that I've wrote. I've got notes. I've got reference materials. So, here we go. Um, today's topic is about Chicago. Again, we're in Chicago, and this is a case that I found out about um, vaguely on the news. It's been briefly mentioned, but... Um, it hasn't really been talked about a lot. Yeah, um, briefly is the problem. And that's... so I want I want to shine a light on it. Um, so this is my story. Um, they say that there are about thirty five serial killers active in the United States at any given time. What if there was one in your neighborhood? What if there were up to three and no one was really talking about it? That seems to be the case in Chicago at this very moment. I'm going to tell you about the over 50 women who have been found, whose cases have never been solved. I'm going to tell you about the woman who is currently missing that brought this case to light. I'm going to tell you about who's actually paying attention and why we should. Um, the biggest problem facing this case and the cases of all these women is where they're located and who they happen to be. Demographic. Demographic is a big deal here. Um, there's over 50 women who've been found dead in Chicago since 2001 whose cases remain open. Almost all of them were found on the west side, the south side, and the far south sides of the city. And if you know anything about the demographics of Chicago, those are the so-called bad neighborhoods. Those are the ones that when you're a north sider, they tell you not to go into. Yeah. So... To be such a liberated city and to be so segregated at the same time, I think that was definitely a culture shock for me because I expected a blue bubble only to find out that it's so racially segregated, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and these are the neighborhoods that are not as patrolled as much by the police because they don't get the high-profile cases and 
these are the women who've fallen victim to that. So almost all of these women were found in alleys, dumpsters, and abandoned buildings. Many of them along our L tracks, which is our train tracks here in the city, um, the subway and the elevated line. Um, and almost all of these women were killed by strangulation and or asphyxiation. Jesus. And almost all of them were either involved in illegal drugs and were addicts or they were people involved in sex work. So 75% of them were black women. That's like the Green River Killer to where like nobody gave a shit because it was all prostitutes. Yeah, it's black prostitutes, which is <clears throat> the unfortunately the highest the the demographic with the highest um what am I trying to say? Mortality the, rate? Yeah, they're they have a high mortality rate and they're the people people don't go looking for when things happen to them. They're written off. And I am gonna try and shine a light on them because they deserve it. Um, these are cases that, and circumstances and women who do not get resources diverted to them when things happen. So, um, to be fair, if you have 50 deaths in a period of over 18 years in a big city, patterns don't usually emerge. People are often just like, well, you know, they died and that's sad, but moving on. Um, but what if there wasn't a coincidence to all these cases? Um, there's three distinct killing grounds in the period of time, and things are very specific in the details of the cases. The three different... Sorry, um, the house tiger is making noises again. Um, but they're saying that this is much more than a coincidence, that there could be one person who's responsible for a majority of these cases and there could be up to three people because there are three distinct killing grounds mm -hmm. and there are there's a long period of time um involved here so it's not we're not saying there's one guy who's killed all 50 people that would be an extreme case but there's definitely some evidence to say that multiple of these cases are related so like a window of opportunity yeah, somebody I mean, who... You know, you can go somewhere and do something and get away with it. Right, they're going to continue that pattern. They keep getting their jollies off and getting away with it. Sadly, yes. Um, a lot of these cases have DNA related to them. There's been DNA evidence found in 18 of the 51 cases. It's in the blood. But police have not found a correlation yet. In the DNA, but there's also a lot of them that there's DNA on the cases and they haven't even been tested yet. There's a huge backlog of case um, DNA cases oh and kits God. that are just sitting out there right now. That so, is just why? Because we don't have the resources. The money's not going to this. So no, it's going into the pocket of the politicians. Well, that's why we're called the Windy City. Ow. Yes, we we do have that reputation. All right, so, sorry, we're not politicians. Yeah, we're not getting into politics right now. But um but I want to take the time now. I want to take this moment to make these women that they're not just these women. There's 51 specific cases and in almost every article that I've read about them there's been 
a mention to these women and very few of them have been named but i i have a list and if you'll indulge me i'm gonna read off the women in their cases so this is so they have a name they deserve it yeah angela mariana ford was found on january 4th 2001 she was found in an abandoned building she was 32 and she was black charlotte w day was found in march 28th of 2001 she was found in a vacant lot she was 42 and black winifred shines she was found august 2nd of 2001 outdoors she was 33 and black brenda cowart was found august 22nd of 2001 she was found in a vacant lot she was 52 and black elaine bonetta was found in november of 2001 outdoors she was 50, i'm sorry she was 41 in hispanic sadia banks was found in december 28th of 2001 indoors she was 39 and black gwendolyn williams was found june 12th of 2002 outdoors she's 44 in black jody grissom was found on August 14th, 2002. She was found in an alley. She was 20 and she was white. One of the few white cases we'll come across. Lorraine Harris was found August 25th of 2002, also in an alley. She was 36 and white. Deli Jones was found September of 2002, found in an abandoned building. She was 33 and black. Celeste Jackson was found December 20th, 2002 found in an alley. She was 37 in black. Nancy Walker found March 19th of 2003 and outdoors. She was 55 in black. Tarika Jones was found May 20th of 2003, found in an abandoned building. She was 30 in black. Linda Green found May 20th, 2003, found in an alley. She was 42 in black. Rosenda borrowed... Baraccio, and I do apologize if I say any of these wrong. I mean no disrespect. She was found August 14th of 2003, found in an alley. She was 20 and white. Latanya Keller, found August 16th, 2003. She was found in a garbage can. She was 29 and black. Oh, no. Latricia Hall was found October 15th of 2003, found in a vacant lot. She was 21 in black. Lucy Set, she was also known as Mary Thomas. She was found the same day, October 15th, 2003, found in an abandoned building. She was 38 in black. Ethel Amerson was found the day after Christmas in 2003. She was found in an abandoned building. She was 36 in black. Michelle Davenport was found July 15th of 2004 found in a garbage can. She was 40 in black. Tamala Edwards was found October 16th, 2004. She was found in an alley. She was 37 in black. Makalava Williams was no found November 5th, 2004 outdoors. She was 18 in black. Precious Smith was found January 13th of 2005. She was found in an alley. She was 23 in black. 
Denise V. Torres found February 1st, 2005, found in an alley. She was 35 and white. Wanda Hall found August 30th, 2005, found in a vacant lot. She was 33 and black. Yvette Mason found on Christmas Day, 2005. She was found in an alley. She was 35 and black. Shaniqua Williams found December 30th, 2005, found in an abandoned building. She was 40 and black. Margaret E. Gomez found January 12th, 2006. She was found in a vacant lot. She was 22 and white. Antoinette P. Simmons found July 14th, 2006, found in a garbage can. She was 21 and black. Kelly Surf found September 24th, 2006, found in an abandoned building. She was 34 and white. Veronica Frazier found March 25th, 2007. She was found in an alley. She was 46 and black. Mary Ann Satkowski. She was found May 2nd, 2007. She was found indoors. She was 56 and white. Teresa Bunn found November 13th of 07, found in a garbage can. She was 21 and black. Hazel Marion Lewis found November, four, yeah, November 14th of 07, the next day, also found in a garbage can. She was 52 and black. Genevieve Malas was found October 9th of 2008 outdoors. She was 32 and white. Charlene Miller was found June 13th of 09. She was found indoors. She was 54 and black. Latoya Banks was found July 5th of 09. She was found in an alley. She was 29 and black. Shannon Williams was found August 6th of 2009. She was also found in an alley. She was 36 and black. Vanessa Rakochevich, sorry, Rakochevich was found December 9th of 09, outdoors, she was 32 and white. LaFonda Sue Wilson was found June 25th of 2010. She was found in an alley. She was 30, I'm sorry, she was 43 and black. Quanda L. Kreider was found July 16th of 2010. She was found in an abandoned building. She was 37 and black. Angela Prophet was found August 28th of 2011, found in a vacant lot. She was 46 and black. Pamela Wilson was found August 9th, 2012. She was found in a vacant lot. She was 30 and black. Velma Howard was found February 21st of 2014. She was found in an alley. She was 50 and black. Diamond Turner was found March 3rd, 2017 found in a garbage can. She was 21 and black. Catherine Satterfield Buchanan was found June 22nd, 2007. She was found outdoors. She was 58 and she was black. Valerie Marie Jackson was found March 17th, 2018. She was found outdoors. She was 49 and black. Laura, Dar Laura Dawn Harbin was found May 25th of 2018. She was found in a vacant lot. She was 44 and black. Nicole Linnell Ridge was found June 12th, 2018. 
She was found in an abandoned building. She was 47 and white. And Rio Renee Holyfield was found September of September 10th of 2018. She was found in a garbage can. She was 34 and black. Now, I know that seemed like a lot of just me reading off names and dates and statistics. And you can imagine that it starts to sound the same after a while. But that's the point. There are so many similarities in this. And it's really easy to get overwhelmed by the details and forget that each one of those was a person. And each one of those people, these women, they had lives. And they were taken from them. And they were discarded in places that no person should be left. So I wanted to give them the dignity of saying their names and giving them a voice. Um, so that's that's the people now. I mean, there's definitely a pattern. Yeah, I mean, you can you can hear it just reading the details, but but I can see where they would think that there's multiple because there may be one that's just discarding them in the garbage cans. Yeah, I mean, it's very obvious. I mean, there's breaks in there too. They said that. It's quite possible that whoever was doing a lot of these murders was actually gone from 2014 to 2017. They think whoever it was may have been in jail for a couple of years because there's a lot less cases for a significant amount of time there. But um, Now that stops in 2018. What about stuff from this year? There is probably more that I haven't even gotten to like there's probably more than 51 people these are the names that i was able to find on the one list that has them but i'm going to talk about the people who figured this out okay cool so if the chicago police department has all of these cases and they're not able to figure out that there's a pattern here who did crime junkies nerds Oh, no, it's, which is pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, props to Crime Jump Keys, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they're cool. Um, but no, really, the nerds figured it out. Um, there's a group of former investigators, journalists, and criminologists who got together when they realized that Americans are really bad at tracking unsolved murders. Yeah, we're terrible at it. Yeah, I mean, it's all over the place, but nobody's putting the like connections together. So um, once the case goes cold in a local police department... It's almost never shared with enforcement agencies that are outside of that jurisdiction. So there's no patterns being found. There's no similarities being seen in the big picture. So these guys and women, they used math to figure it out. They created an algorithm and they fed all of the details of all the cases that are unsolved. And eventually, once a pattern is found, it gives off an alert. There's literally a ding, you've got a serial killer alert that ding, goes ding, off. Ding, ding, ding. You so, win a prize. <laughs> yeah, like there's literally a red light that flashes and goes, possible serial killer. And they, you know, bring that to people's attention. Um, this group, they're called the Murder Accountability Project. And they're a non-for-profit organization. They track the unsolved homicides. They create maps of the murders and they make their findings public. They've already found at least one serial killer that we know of in Gary, Indiana. They gave the Gary Police Department, who's 
you know, sadly, Gary is not known for its um, closure rate, um, but, and they're also known for their high rate of crime, but they were given a algorithm that said, hey, these four cases look really familiar. And they were able to actually find another case that was ongoing that looked similar. They confronted the perpetrator of that crime with the other information, and he fessed. He was just like, yup, did all of them. Thanks for catching me. And the police department was like, oh, hey, that was pretty cool. We didn't know we could do that. So five cases got solved there just because of this algorithm. So it actually does have results. Um, now the Murder Accountability Project and their founder, Thomas Hargrove, have brought their findings to the Chicago Police Department. And they're working with them to try and set up a task force to investigate whether there actually is a serial killer here. In the last year, Hargrove has come forward with the families of the last few victims to bring this, public, this pattern to the public. He's been working with local organizations, um, several churches and synagogues, and with the families of Rio Holyfield and Gwendolyn Williams. Both of their families are still actively looking for leads in their cases and are not going to let them go quiet. So um, the way I found out about this was there was a missing persons case that hit the news last year. Um, and the story is of Kira Coles. Um, also worker. Yeah, exactly. She, she disappeared last October, October 2nd to be specific. Um, she was a postal worker. She got up that morning, October 2nd, 2018. She put on her postal worker uniform as usual, but instead of going to work, she called in sick. Um, and she kept the uniform on, strangely, but instead of going to her car, she walked right past it, and she was seen walking down the street in the south side, and she was never seen again. Um, her parents tried to contact her, and after seven, several hours of no response, um, and no sign of her on Snapchat, because apparently she was an avid Snapchatter, um, people started to get worried. They didn't know where she was. And she was three months pregnant at the time. Um, and her parents were concerned. She didn't go to work. She didn't show up anywhere else. And she went radio silent. So they called the police right away. And they've been all over the news. And they have not let this story die. And it's been a year, sadly. And there's been no sign of her. So there's a lot of concern that she is related to some of these other disappearances and unsolved cases. Um, but Kira's five feet, four inches tall. She's 125 pounds. She's got a tattoo of a heart on her right hand and another tattoo on her back that reads Lucky Libra. And as I said, at the time of her disappearance, she was three months pregnant. She was due to give birth in April. And I can only hope that she's out there safe and happy somewhere with her baby. Yeah, that hopefully it's just a coincidence. Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> the plus side, she'll get found and she's brought light to yeah. the disappearance of others, but um, it's, been a, it's been a year. Yeah. And in the meantime, her her family is still out there going door to door, giving out flyers with her pictures on it, drumming up the news stories, because that's how this stuff gets out there. 
I mean, other. I'm not on the South Side. I'm not going to hear about these women, but I do like to watch the local news. I like to know what's happening in my community, and that's how I know about these things happening. That's where I got the first hint of this. But it's taken a lot of searching to get more than a blurb on it. And, um, you know, her father is just begging people to keep looking for her. And he's telling people to look at those abandoned buildings. Those are the biggest um, blight on the south side right now. The abandoned buildings and the ab abandoned lots, there's so many of them. And that's where the, you know, secrets are hiding. That's where people are able to do their dirty deeds and unfortunately leave the victims. So, you know, he doesn't know that she'll be found. He hopes that she's not going to be found in one of these places, but you never know. And he does say that, you know, you'll never know what you're going to find there. And he hopes it's not Kira, but you know, until then he's left to wonder and we're all left to wonder, you know, unfortunately I have no answers tonight. I'm literally just heaping a bunch of questions on you and the questions that I've had for so long and the questions that these people, some of them have been dealing with since 2001, you know, this is an almost 20 year old case in the making. And I don't know if there's a serial killer in Chicago. I would, you know, it's a lot of fun to talk about serial killers. We, we're going to do it a lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun topic when it's not <clears throat> your reality. But right now, this is our reality. The, yeah. This is the reality of 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 people. Like I've got a lot of friends that are sex workers, and you know, it's it's yeah. it's frightening that they're the target. And you know, sex work is work. And I feel like with this case in particular, you know, it's it's that oh well, they're sex workers, you know, and then there's that. There's know, the dismissiveness of people for their life choices and. Yeah. I mean, some people, that's all they can do. Yeah, and it's not fair to throw away somebody's life just because you don't agree with their life choices. Yeah. I don't have a personal need to be there, but we could all be there in the flip of a switch. Like, you never know. I mean, exactly. life could deal you something where that's all that you can do. Exactly. I and mean, there was a point where I had trouble finding work, and I thought about doing it myself. Yeah. And I, you know, as I said, you know, as well, as you said, you have friends who are doing it now and have done it in the past. I have friends who have done it in the past. Who knows who's doing it now? And if you are, you know, and you're doing it happily, more power to you. Um, if you're not, I hope you find a better situation. But um, back to the situation at hand, um, I don't know if there's a serial killer in the city of Chicago, but keep your eyes open be aware of bad situations um if you're uncomfortable tell somebody you don't have to deal with this by yourself if you have any information on any of these cases and that there's a lot of them if you know anything about any of them tell the police you know get a hold of some crime stopper organization talk to somebody who can help yeah, and you know there may not be a serial killer, but it looks like there is. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know the code on the street, but I know the code in the kink community is if you're going to hook up with somebody, you have a safe call. Yeah. You know, you let somebody know where you are, where you're going to be. And I know that that's much more difficult when you've got like a last minute John. Yeah. You know, but 
at the same time, it's your literally your life it. is on the line. And, you know, if reaching out to us on our Instagram, like, gives you some sort of lifeline, an anonymous one, we'll I mean... If yeah. you just need somebody to know where you are tonight or any night, we're listening. Yeah. Um, and we actually give a shit. We do. And um, the Murder Accountability Project, they do too. If you don't feel safe going yes. to the police, go to them. Their website is amazing. They are bringing to light not just the Chicago case. As I said, they helped Gary. They're working on a lot of cases involving indigenous women who do not get the you know, resources diverted to them that they should. They're all over the country and... They seem like good people. So go to their website. It's fascinating. You can look at all these murder maps. That's kind of the fun part. I'm obsessed with maps, even if they're murder maps. That's the goth in me. <laughs> I know, but... Um, you can't help it. Well, that, that That's kind of like... I mean, if this kind of thing was around in the 50s, I kind of feel like my great-grandmother would have made it longer than she did. Yeah. Because my great-grandmother was native american and she could not deal with the situation that was she was in and she took her own life she had yeah. no support and that's terrible yeah i mean we're gonna get in i have some stories about indigenous people and especially indigenous women that i want to dive into for later episodes so we'll get to that because yeah. that is definitely another minority group that is not talked about nearly enough so we'll definitely get to that but um Check out the Murder Accountability Project webpage. They will shine a lot of really deep information at you. I mean, I just printed off their... Um, yeah, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, this is just... This is a pamphlet I've got that I brought home. It's actually just this case that I printed off. So I'd have it as a reference. And it's like you know, seven pages off the internet and it's not seven pages off the internet with like, you know, pop-up ads and like, you know, hey, doctors hate her because she looks 20 years younger. Oh my God. No, it's the like legit. such bullshit. There's a, you know, a, there's statistics on here about the clearance rates for the method of killings in Chicago. Like... You know, there's been 185 cases of people being stabbed or killed with a knife or cutting instrument, and 150 of those have actually cleared. So there's a really high percentage of deaths that have been cleared for stabbings, but... There's your gun laws. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, firearms, 478 total gun cases, 248 of those are killed. So we're at about 50% of those. I just posted a, a article on my Facebook yeah. about how in the city of Chicago, you've got a 50% chance of getting away with murder. I mean, what the fuck? Here's the thing. I'm really glad that we have a new mayor. I absolutely adore her. I met her in person. She's fantastic. But she's got a lot on her plate. I mean, this city is a huge, huge area with a very, very diverse group of citizens. Mm -hmm. And a crime problem that you can't walk in and solve. Yeah, and people seem to think that you can just come in with this militant mentality and arrest all these people and it's immediately going to solve the problem. But 
there's more problems delved into it. You know, you can get arrested for a gun charge and be let out two days later. Yeah, it's it's the way the laws are set. And again, we're not trying to get into politics. We're just talking about why these cases aren't clearing. Yeah. So... Yeah, like, what, what's up with the resources that we can't get the DNA evidence? Like, that that's frightening. Like, yeah, that only... It, it almost feels like cases back in the 70s were getting solved quicker than these. Is it because the laws have changed recently? Like, I don't know. They weren't even using DNA back then. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, now we've got it, and it's a great resource. There's some really cool organizations out there like the DNA Doe Project and other groups that are doing the work with private donations to find people because the police departments don't have the time or the people or the, you know, you know, they have the such a backlog that it's not getting done. So, um, you know, support groups that can help. Yeah, I you mean, know? I know that this is an unpopular opinion, especially here in the city of Chicago, is trusting the police. But if you don't give them the information that they need to solve a crime, it's going to continue and it's going to go unsolved. Yeah. And I know it's shitty. And I know, you know, the whole, like, fuck the police mentality. But at the same time, we have to do something. Like, I've, I've noticed that Chicago has this very strict you know bylaw like unspoken bylaw of you know don't call the police we'll take care of it on our own but obviously this particular situation is different you know i mean there's only so much that the streets can solve on their own and obviously the streets have not gone out and stopped these guys yeah you know and so i mean as i say if you don't feel safe going to the police, go to somebody who can help you. Um, there are resources for you. Um, and that's the cool thing is that there are resources, you know, and and we totally, like, commend people who, because all of these agencies are probably not for profit. They're they probably are. doing this on the side. They you are. know, they're doing it because they want to solve these crimes and give these families a sense of closure. Absolutely. You know. It's all about clearing these cases. So it's out there and somebody knows something and hopefully, you know, even our little tiny podcast here yeah. can shine some light on this. And really if one so. of the 50 cases gets even a tiny lead from this, then we've done our job. Mm-hmm. But that's my case. That's the heavy entree for tonight. Oh, it was pretty fucking heavy. Like, I don't even know where, like, I could make light of it, but... um... No, I mean, at this point, I think we just say, okay, shake it off, and... We but at the, talk... same, yeah, at the same time, we, we want to shake it off, but we also want to make sure that it gets the notoriety that yeah, it deserves. Yeah, carry it with you, but, you know... Know that there's at least 51 documented women who have lost their lives... And no one knows how or why, other than they were found in this location. Here's their age and their race, and that's it. And, yeah, as I said, we're not thinking that one guy did all 50 murders. There's no fucking way. But Thomas Hargroves, 
as he himself said, he doesn't think one person did all 51. But he does think that, you know, there isn't 51 different killers either. So No, there's got to be like a small number. There's at least some connection here. Yeah, I mean, so. it's not like, you know, a group of guys. It seems like, you know, there's sporadic, like, small handful of people who are committing these murders. It's such a small killing ground and such a specific area. And if you go and look at the map, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll see it right away. There's a very, very distinct pattern. But obviously, so. whoever's doing it is very aware of the law enforcement situation. Yeah, and lack thereof. Yeah, in the area. And it's like, oh, all right, well, I can go here and do this because of this. And, you know, they've been doing it a long time and they've gotten away with it. So yeah, let's stop that. Yes. So let's switch some gears. Um, I've got a couple of stories that we could talk about real quick. They're super um, short um, because I am from Florida and I am a Florida man. <laughs> Not really. Um, I've uh, decided to create a small segment at the end of our podcast called Freaky Sorbet. So in Freaky Sorbet today... We're going to cleanse your palate. Yes. Get your ice cream and sorbet. So uh, recently, this past Halloween, in Collier County in Florida, which is on the West Coast near Naples, a Florida teen showed her apparent disdain for President Trump when she allegedly punched a man who was dressed up as the commander-in-chief at a Halloween fair over the weekend. Nice. According to the authorities, uh, the 14-year-old girl um, <laughs> walked up to the man who was standing online with his family Saturday night for a haunted house at the Collier Fair Collier County Fairgrounds and punched him in the jaw, <laughs> officials said. So the girl then allegedly laughed... And ran back to a group of friends. Fuck that uh, guy. I mean, not. I mean, you shouldn't punch anybody, especially if they're in line with their family yeah. for a haunted house. But uh, that's pretty good. Kind of funny. It uh, is the kind Naples of funny. Daily News reported, uh, citing the Collier County Sheriff's Office. So the Trump fan, the guy who got punched in the face, um, told authorities that he approached the teen to ask her why she did that, and the deputy later questioned the fourteen-year-old and her parents. So investigators said that the sole motivation was to strike Trump. <laughs> and a county school system employee reportedly told officials the incident was filmed and posted on Instagram. And the teen was, uh, char the teen, uh, she was charged with a misdemeanor battery. Didn't happen <laughs> if it didn't show up on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or pics if it did or it didn't happen, right? Yeah, the age that we live in. So, some Fuck. little fourteen-year-old shits going around punching people she doesn't agree with, and she's like, "I it. don't like your mask." Fuck Boom. you! <laughs> oh, kids these days. I'm like, regardless of how we feel about politics, yeah, violence is not the answer. Exactly. I mean, we may sometimes get heated enough that we feel like it is, but it's totally not. Like it's it's. Nah. I mean, that's not how MLK. Did what he did. It was all peaceful protest. Yeah, I mean, don't don't go around punching people because they've got stupid masks. Yeah. Tell, you could tell them they got a stupid mask, but you know, don't. Yo, don't. 
I don't like your fucking face. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not nice. It's not polite. But God damn it, you have every right to say it. You don't have the right to punch somebody. Yeah, you can't strike them. That's just not cool. <laughs> so, as funny as it is. Yeah. So, um, so this has been our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it as deep and dark and depraved as it might have been. It was super heavy. <clears throat> um, but, you know, like, we can't always do light things, and mm-hmm. we will in the future, but we also are going to use our 15 minutes to, you know, bring up things that need to be talked about. Yes. So, we are... Aging goth punks and punks are not people who let things go easily. Nah, fuck the system. Yeah. Nah, seriously though, this is this is a big deal, and hopefully, um, this can gain some momentum and and get these people some much needed closure because Absolutely. these families and these uh, women, the whole fifty one of them, deserve better. They do, and you know we wish the best for you guys. We want you to. Stay creepy, stay weird, stay informed. Yep. And, you know, let us know what you think. Hit up our Instagram. We've got the Diet Black Podcast Instagram. And let us know if there's anything that we need to talk about. If you have any comments or suggestions or need a friend or, you know have any other resources that we should look into but you know that is our main means of communication right now we may open up some other things eventually like facebook's and whatnot we're working on it but we're terrible with social media well we're 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 new to this we don't want to overwhelm you or us so um yeah instagram's the place to be right now check us out so remember next time you want to get your true crime or gothy fix just Die, die, die it black. Die it black.